Welcome everyone to the Dynamo Abroad podcast where we talk about anything and everything Dynamo Kiev related. I'm your host Alex Lishik and joining us today as usual from the great state of New York is Eric. How's it going Eric? Hey it's going well. Looking forward to another podcast. Kind of glad that the uh, international break has come to a close especially with some of those I won't even get into those performances from Zbirna but uh yeah, excited to get back into uh, the club season, and I'm um, looking forward to this episode. Very disappointed you wouldn't want to discuss a 2-2 draw with Kazakhstan. But uh, that, as Dima would say, less of that. And coming from across the pond, it's actually not Dima today. It's uh, a special guest on to discuss Metalist 1925. It's uh, Neil Holloway. Neil, how's it going? Hi, uh, great, thanks. And thanks for inviting me on today. It's really nice to speak to you guys after communicating with you on Twitter for quite a long time so thanks for having me yeah, yeah no we're, we're really happy to have you on and uh, it's funny because uh, I was talking with uh, Eric and Dima earlier this week I'm like it's crazy like this is Dinamo's first game in Kharkiv against like an actual Kharkiv side in what five years it's going to be a while yeah, yeah. so yeah. it's de- definitely going to be looking forward to this one um, before we hit the game against Metalist on Saturday we're just going to go over some quick news it's uh, v- very brief uh, Dinamo's best signing of all time, Kostevich, has joined Ruch on loan. Uh, so we'll see how that goes for him. It's decent signing from Ruch, to be fair. But um, yeah, don't, yeah, I think it's for the best. Uh, Kulac was supposed to join Vodoska on loan, but he had to have an operation on his heart. So we wish him the best recovery. I don't know if that's going to affect him playing at all um, in the spring or not. And Christian Bilovar has joined Dinamo 2, also known as Chornomoro Tudesa. Bujalski is the player of the month for August after scoring a couple bangers. And that leads us really nicely into Saturday's game against Metalist 1925. So, uh, Neil, before we get onto the game, could you tell us a little, a little about how you got in, like into Metalist and Kharkiv football? Well, um, it's, Quite a long story, really. I lived in uh, Ukraine in the early 2000s, first of all, from 2000, 2003. I was actually based in Kiev, but and I did have a Dynamo season ticket at the same time as well. But quite often at weekends, I did have to go and work in Kharkiv. Um, I went on one of their fan forums and I just said, look, I'm coming down for the game. I think it was Vorskla. And um, would anyone like to meet up? And I met up with quite a few of the ultras and some of the fans from that period in time and just stayed in touch went down to the games when I could been back several times and also they came over and stayed with me when they played Newcastle they came down and we had, took, took them around London which was a good time and I've been back a few times since and I know quite a lot of the 1925 guys so I'm sort of more of a 1925 fan although I was the original Metalist fan in the first place. No uh, that sounds amazing and um could you talk to us a bit, 1925? Because so for those who don't know, Metalist Kharkiv, you know, had Yaroslavsky, kind of became, I think you could argue, one of the big four in Ukrainian football. Um, and they get sold to Kuchenko, uh, what was his name? Kurchenko, I think that was his name. Club essentially dissolves, I believe, in 2016. I think it was a little bit before, maybe 2015. Um, 1925 were formed in 2016. Okay. I think it was a little bit before that. So could you tell us a little bit about um, 1925? Because it's not quite the same thing as the original Metalist uh, Kharkiv. So what's the whole ni- deal with 1925? Well, um, it was basically a group of not even businessmen. Some of them are businessmen. Some of them are just active fans. Quite a few of them 
saw action in the war with Russia uh, from the ultras and they just decided that they had to do something. They got the stadium, they got the support of Kharkiv, you know, it's a, a real football city. So uh, they just got together. Storozhenko, was the, who's the leader of 1925 now, put a lot of money in and some other businessmen put a lot of money in, but it was always a cooperative sort of feeling like, you know, that they were the original team that had your name could be on the shirt that Karpati have tried to copy this season. Uh, you could sponsor games. Um, you know, you'd spend pay some money to have your name on the advertising board or your name on the scoreboard. And it was a really nice community initiative. And the sort of the, it's closed recently. There's a lot of strange things going on, uh, but there was a Metalist fan cafe, co-op cafe, which was, a really great place to hang out as well and you know it was a really cooperative sort of club um that's sort of a real people's club which metalist had always advertised itself as and it kind of grew through that and went through the lower leagues um you know the non-league and got up to the first league and then this season got promoted after five years of being in existence so it's been quite a a meteorical rise, really, even though, you know, now it's kind of been overshadowed by what Yaroslavsky is doing um, with the now the original Metalist or Metal FC, as they were last season. Yeah, I mean, I remember, I can't remember what, I think it was the year Nipro won, whatnot, but man, that was, I remember, I really thought, I think it was, I want to say it was 2017-18 was the year Metal, no, 2018-19. It was 2018-19. I've actually got a poster behind me on the wall and it was the 23rd of March when they played Nipro and it was that game that yep. kind of decided Nipro won it in yeah. Harkiv. I was in Harkiv that day and Nipro won the game. That sort of saw Nipro go up and then yep. Metalist fell apart a little bit and didn't go up that season. So Yeah, because I remember that was really, it was, it was practically a two-horse race going to who was going to get the automatic promotion spot. Yeah. I, I was not surprised, okay, Nipro, I maybe had a bigger budget, but I just remember Metalist, it's not that they just didn't get promoted, whatever, they just collapsed after that. I mean, it was... Completely, and this was this was just after the winter break, and players had been brought in, and players who'd been injured were coming back, so there was a lot of optimism, and I remember seeing Storozhenko at the end of the game, and you could see that Nipro game, he was totally drained, and the press conference, I was at the press conference as well, and there was quite a lot of pessimism just over losing that one game because uh, I think they put so much emotion into it. There was like a fans parade in town, you know, fireworks going off before the game, firecrackers, ultras all over the town, police sort of going on the fan parade to escort the fans into the crowd. And it, uh, it was a real carnival atmosphere. And then they lost and it wasn't really like they lost badly. You know, there was a player sent off and a couple of controversial decisions in that. So they only lost narrowly. But then after that, there seemed to be almost a depression set in and yeah. the problem that Metalist 1925 have always had, scoring goals became very scarce and yeah. that's always been a problem. They've never really kept a goal scorer healthy for long enough. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it's because I remember like I would see their results and I'm seeing that they're losing to, you know, I don't remember exactly who's in the relegation fight, but losing to, for example, a team like Nikolai, who's in 14th place, two points off, forget relegation off bottom spot. They're going, they're losing 3-0. So, it's good to have them in the league. I think they're definitely a, a positive addition. And this is also a team that's been well-supported, like you said, through a city. Uh, 
is it true that they've it's true that they've had one of the more higher attendances not just in the first league second league, but in ukrainian football as a whole correct uh yeah i mean Kharkiv, as we've said has always been a football city when they feel like they can get behind the team and you know maybe because people don't have the same distractions they have in some of the other big cities you know there's not a great deal to do there other than get behind the football team but you know they put on a really good show for the Euros when it was in Kharkiv. I mean, I know a lot of Dutch people loved being there and they did have very good crowds in 1925, but then obviously the new metalist has sort of eclipsed them. But um, I don't want to sound too bitter, <laughs> which is easier said than done. But, you know, they do seem to get better kickoff times and a lot more, well, they're a marketing machine, but it's kind of the cult of Yaroslavsky. You know, it's always that picture of him holding the scarf, isn't it? So, you know, that's sort of burned into my mind now, the mural that he, um, he, I don't know, put out kind of at the start of the season. And it just seems to be on everything now in yeah. Kharkiv. So. <laughs> Eric has that poster in his room of Yaroslavsky holding the scarf. I actually have a tattooed on my back. <laughs> oh, you got the tattoo. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I figure. Um, so with, so we've talked about this, um, you know, a little bit before the pod that it looks like, you know, Yaroslavsky and, uh, Metalist are, you know, they're, they're coming back. I wouldn't say for vengeance, but you know, they're trying to be at the point they were, you know, pre-war Eric's shaking his head and saying like, not, they're just going to be settled with another bronze medal. Um, but what is the future outlook for 1925? Do you think they, they I've heard possibility of rebranding, would they maybe, you know, Merge with some other club in Kharkiv. I think there's like a Dinamo Kharkiv somewhere lying around there. Would they stay as 1925? What do you think the future is for 1925 if Metalist does come up as they look like they might next year? Um, I don't think it looks too rosy for 1925. I know that a lot of the, the a squeeze has been put on some of the journalists who are pro 1925, sort of like, you know, if you're still saying reporting badly on metal or saying bad things about Yaroslavsky you'll not be allowed in the stadium things like that have gone on so there is a, a squeeze on I mean the thing is Yaroslavsky doesn't really want to exist coexist with them does he he's no they could have merged together and he could have got to the top league a lot quicker but he wants to destroy 1925 and he's got the power he's got the support and you know when you look on the forums there is quite there's becoming increased bad blood between the two clubs, although at the first it was like, well, it's great, we've got two teams that are doing well in Kharkiv. There's always been some friction, and it, 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 it seems to be going towards the metalist, Yaroslavsky metalist way. I mean, obviously he's got a lot more money than these guys who've just banded together and done what they could, you know, without experience of running a club before. The rebranding, I heard that a long time ago, the Avanhard which was the original name. I don't particularly like it. I think they came up with 1925. They should be allowed to keep it, although two metalists make it a little bit confusing, maybe. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I don't think it looks good for them. I think that they're more likely to go out of the Premier League, not on the pitch. I think it's going to be matters off the pitch that will um, do that we'll see what happens long-term to them, that will be the results of the long, in the long-term. Um, with other clubs in the area, I know they have some links with Vovchansk, who are in the um, second league, but they don't look very good at all. Um, I can't, I can't, I mean, they're, they're from some village, but they're playing in Bavaria, which is on the 
Nova Bavaria, which is on the outskirt of Kharkiv at the moment. But I've watched a couple of their games and they they don't really offer much in the way going forward with for nineteen twenty five. I don't think. Yeah, and one last question before we really talk about Metalist uh, 1925 this season and the Dynamo game on Saturday. What's it like amongst the fans? Is it kind of, you know, the whole city just wants to support the football club, so they're kind of for both? Because I've seen the Ultras at 1925 games. I've seen some Ultras at Metal, like Yaroslavsky's Metalist. Has, is there a divide in the city, or is it kind of everyone's just supporting football in the city, and that's kind of what's become the priority? It's uh, It depends who you speak to. I mean, um, I'm sure you know Ukrafut, and I've been on his podcast, and it's like you get a different take on it from whoever you speak to. Um, a lot of the people are happy to have two teams, and that they're just glad that you know finally Harkiv is back on the football map. There are some ultras who joined 1925 and don't want anything to do with uh, metalist. Um, and there are others who would just think like, well, 1925 are a waste of time. We may as well just get behind Yaroslavsky now because he's got the means to push us forward. So it depends who you speak to. Um, my own personal take on it is that I don't think Yaroslavsky will be happy until he's destroyed 1925 personally. I support 1925 because, you know, a lot of my friends were involved in that setting up of the club and are still involved in the club where they haven't been squeezed out of the club by other things going on in Arkiv. So it's a tough it's a, it's a tough one, really. I can't say, if I ask three different people, I'll get three different answers. So I don't want to put words into anyone's mouth over there. So. No, I get it. It's, it's overall, I've, it sounds like it's overall kind of a very, um, I don't want to say complex, but it's it's a bit of a touchy subject for some. You know, some people want to just support Kharkiv football. Some want to kind of, I guess, do it the right way. Some, it would, is it fair to say it in that sense? I think so. I mean, I think it's it, if, you know, you've got listeners in the UK, you could probably think of it as if Newcastle went out of business and then suddenly a rich owner came up and started a Newcastle United and then there was a Newcastle Magpies or something like this and they got to the top league as well. So, you know, it's people are very proud of their city and they're proud of the football in the city. So most people are going to get behind both teams. Some ultras won't. And there are political reasons why some people can get behind one team and not the other team. So it's, it's, I think that's a fair assessment, really, um, Alex. I think that's. Uh, so now we're going to move on to Saturday's game. And I think it's fair to say Metalis have had a, or 1925, I should say, have had a fairly respectable start to the season. Would you agree, Neil? Yeah, not bad at all. I, I mean, they were never going to. I mean, as we were talking before the show started, we, we think that um, Yaslavsky is going to try and get to third as soon as possible. I don't think that's ever was ever going to happen in 1925 budget and resources. So, you know, a couple of wins against Ruch and Chorna Moritz, it's not bad. If, as long as it's three teams worse than them, that's probably what they're looking at, really. Um, and they haven't been turned over by anyone, you know, the lost narrowly to Nipro. I mean, the game against Shakhtar, I think they were quite match Shakhtar for a lot of the game. So, well, they kept Shakhtar out for a lot of the game, let's put it like that. So, you know, they could have got a draw from that on another day. So, defensively, they look good, I think. I think they look good defensively. Again, the big problems up front. Um, Derek's injured, Ponomara's injured, Marlison's the only um, striker who's and he's new to the team, so 
he's got to stop firing soon and it's not an easy league to come into and start scoring straight away I don't think especially you know if you're not used to the Ukrainian style of football I don't uh, and with a team that's not going to be in the top half really so he's got a hard job yeah, and what do you think of the manager Krivensov? Because he was, I believe, a, a youth manager at Shakhtar. I, I've heard overall okay reviews. What do you make of his, the job he's done at uh, Magnus Twenty Five? I think he's done really well um, with the resources he has, um, and the players like playing for him. He's brought in some players who look good. Um, I think Protasov, who's coming for Savin, long time on the. On the right wing could be a very good player, and there's players like Dimitrenko, Zapadnia, who both playing on the left, who look really good. Sidorenko, the goalkeeper, has improved a lot under him. Whether that's the goalkeeping coaches he has, um, so I think with what he's got, he's done a very good job. So I, I would have no complaints about him at all. I, I also need to mention this because I believe uh, the 1925 player Dimitro Kriskiu, uh, he also scored, I think, for the Ukraine U21s this weekend, did he not? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. there you go. A lot of young players who were coming through and some established players who were playing better than they have and at a higher level than they have before. So the fact that, you know, they're picking up points and not being embarrassed by any of the bigger teams yet let's hope it stays that way but well you two probably don't but you know let's let's hope that it stays that way we'll see on we'll see at the weekend though um so do you, i i think it's fair to assume that metalis probably most upl sides will adopt more of a defensive style against dynamo on saturday oh definitely i mean even at Colos against Colos, it was kind of like hanging on for dear life and until Colos scored um and they went down 1-0, and Shakhtar as well, it was just like, let's hope we can hit them on the break at some point, and as we've said, there isn't a fit striker apart from Mollison who's just coming to the team, so it's really hard to... You know, I think that 1925 would actually be happy with a narrow defeat, really. I think anything less than 3-0 is probably a not bad result in this game. I think we're probably getting Dynamo at the right time, though, if I'm honest. So That's, I think, a good time to bring in Eric, actually. Uh, Eric, so is this the right time to play Dynamo? Yeah, it's definitely a good one. Um, I mean, I don't know. I still think that on paper this is a match that Dynamo should be winning. No disrespect to 1925. Um, but... Um, but yeah, I, I would say that this is definitely a good time to be playing Dynamo. Um, you know, you've got a Champions League fixture on the horizon just past this one against uh, Benfica, which is going to be a tough match. Obviously, we'll get onto that later. Um, but obviously, I'm sure that that's still something Luchescu has in the back of his mind when he's going through team selection. Um, and then who's going to be missing? I know Shaparenko is going to be missing from this match, which Buy is a... Bujalski's out. Bujalski's out. Um, I mean, arguably our best two in form and our most and our two most influential players in the squad. Um, yeah, and I mean, you know, another thing too that's kind of, I don't know if maybe alarming isn't quite the right word, but the thing that's a little bit uh, tr troublesome is just the same thing. So whatever, alarming um, is the fact that we don't really have an effective backup for either one of those players. Um, we don't have another creative playmaker to play in the hole behind the striker like Bujavski. 
and we also don't have a dynamic box-to-box like Sheparenko, who's good with the ball at his feet, technically gifted, good passer, etc. Um, so those are two big losses for our squad. Now I will, you know, flip side of the coin is if there's a team that if there are a handful of teams that I would want to face with this problem, 1925 would probably be one of them. Again, no disrespect to 1925, but you know, if we were doing this against, uh, you know, wax tap or, um, you know, uh, Nipro Adin, that would spell a little bit of trouble for us right now. Um, so we'll see. It'll be interesting. Like I said, I still think that this is a match Dinamo should be winning on paper. Um, but, you know, with those two exclusions, anything can happen. Um, I hope that we just show up and do a job and, and we can roll right into the Champions League fixture, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I, it looks like we'll just have to have Xavi and Iniesta, Prime, Andreevsky, and Chappelle so, slide I mean, to the midfield. Cre- credit to them. They did a fantastic job against Shakhtar last season. But I think and Barcelona. For, and Barcelona, yeah. But I think that they're more so suited to, okay, let's disrupt the opposing team's midfield and try and make it hard to play through the midfield. Not so much let's create lots of scoring opportunities. I mean, they don't. neither one of them are very dynamic players. Um but you sure about that? I'm 100% <laughs> positive about that. Um, but and this is this is a stretch. This is really a stretch. It may be not even true, but I was going to say Dima's probably even a little bit more creative than they are, but that's probably taking it too far yeah, if you've cre- seen any of his videos. Yeah, creative as Soviet apartment blocks. Exactly, exactly. But um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it'll be interesting to see the I mean, I think the midfields probably are gonna be chosen for itself with Andreevsky and, and Shepeliev, but, um, you know, it'd be interesting to see what the squad selection is, you know, as I just mentioned with, you know, Champions League fixture on the horizon as well. Uh, Eric, I was just going to do, well, before we go back to Neil, a quick um, preferred last, I don't, I don't think you could say preferred, just a whatever lineup of whoever's left. Would you go Boyko and goal? Uh, Yes. Okay. Right back. Who do you want to right back? Tim Chick. Tim Chick. Center backs, no real choice. Yeah. Um, actually, would you consider playing Konzada right back to give Zabatami a rest before the Champions League? Mm. I, I don't know. I'm kind of torn on this because I'd probably rather have Tim Chick at right back because he's better going forward, whereas I think uh, Kenzora is a little bit better defensively. And well, I well, think. Well, the- that's what I'm saying. Play Kionzora at center back and rest the bottom. No, because I'd rather rest. Well, I don't know. Because I was thinking rest Kionzora and have him ready for more, more was... defensive minded right back against Benfica. But I don't know. I'm not really big on playing our wing backs or our full backs as central defenders. That's fine. I mean, I mean, he, he, he could. He could potentially do a yeah. job there, but I'd rather that be an emergency scenario. Um, would you play him at left back? <laughs> Absolutely yes. no cover at left back. Yes, yes. Um, I would play him and Karavayev both at left back at the same time. Okay, perfect. Yes. So no one on left wing. So that take care of the left wing problem. Correct. Um, no, so Mikolenko left back for you? Yep. Okay. Uh, moving into the midfield, uh, I actually think I would just rest Sidorchuk because I think he's most effective with Shaparenko and Gwialski. Yep. Um, so Xavi and Iniesta at, would be the deeper line midfielders. I'm just looking at this team. I'm trying to even think who the hell can play. 
attacking midfield because I would rather Lenyev on the right wing. We've talked about this before. We prefer Lenyev on the. He's wing. just like I mean, he's a good play. I think he's a solid squad player. I think he deserves more time, but he's he's not a playmaker, and I think he's more effective playing out wide, running yeah. at the defense, than he is as like a number ten or even an attacking mid. So, but I mean, for this for this match, I'd probably play him there. Actually, would you play Garmash there instead? Just no. Garmash if anything. <laughs> no. 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 Okay. Um, uh, so that will put Lenyev in the middle. And then I would love the front three to be Vitinho, Tsigankov, and Shkurin. Yeah, Shkurin for sure. Tsigankov. Um, yeah, or even I guess Karavayev at right back I'd, or at right winger, I'd be okay with. The, the left wing is kind of tricky because, I mean, Vitinho just got here. I mean, how. Yeah. How much time has he had to be? How much time has he had to acclimate to the squad? I mean, hasn't featured in any competitive matches yet. So, I, I mean, I would love to see him out there. I don't know how I feel about throwing him on and giving him a start right away. Um, but maybe coming on as a sub during the match would be kind of cool to see. Yeah. Um, I think he has to play because I think I want. I at least personally want him to play against Benfica. Mm-hmm. even just a half hour so i think i think he needs to play at least a good 20 minutes just to get into the mode of playing and that's why mm-hmm. i'm like even if he plays poorly i wouldn't mind starting him just so he gets kind of get back into playing i don't know if he's had to do some kind of quarantine so he may not have played in two or three weeks easily so that's why i right. just want right. to just get him some minutes um Shkurin up front 100 percent. no supriaga for you mm, actually got a match up top why don't, why don't we do that why don't we try that again or kulach Actually, you know what? Just for the sake of banter, I would love to see one of these days Supriaga and Garmash up top. I, I would, I might have to email Luchesco in a, in a two striker formation. Well, yeah. What? What? Why not? For for oh, the bat. We we need we need stuff for the out of context Dynamo page on Twitter. So why yeah. not do that? That I don't know if I'd be able to make it through that match. <laughs> Um, you I tell you what, that'd be a good drinking game. Every time Supriaga gets knocked over, and every time Garamash falls over, you take a drink. Yeah, you wouldn't make it to halftime. <laughs> no, you'd be, you'd be hammered after 20 minutes. Um, real quick, I just want to bring Neil back in here to uh, some last thoughts on uh, 1925. Um, what is a good season for 1925 this year? Um, I think staying up, uh, basically just staying up and, you know, staying up with a few games to last, uh, beating the teams that you'd expect to be in the bottom three or four um, and not getting turned over by anyone too much. I think that's that would be a good season um, just to consolidate in the Premier League and hope that political factors mean that they can carry on in the Premier League next season. Do you, do you think they can stay up this year? Uh, looking at the results so far, yes, although the last three have been losses. It is Shakhtar, Vosklo and Nipro, which yeah. I wouldn't expect. And I expect nothing from Dinamo, unless they do play Supriaha and Haramash up front, and then maybe it'll be like playing Dinamo Dvar and be, already beat Chernomorid, so <laughs> that Dinamo Dvar as well. But really, I'm thinking, I, I, I my own prediction is probably 2-0 Dinamo. I think they'll do enough to make it comfortable, but after the draw with Minai, they've really taken it out on teams and they're not going to do that ahead of the game with Benfica because, yeah. let's be honest, that's the most important game in the Champions yeah. League, really. Yeah. Helps helps a lot for Zanama with Luchesco back on the touchline. Um, yeah. 
so real quick, um, what get you want to give a match prediction? Sometimes we do predictions for uh, the game. Would you have a score prediction for uh, Saturday's game? I'm going to nil Dynamo, I'm afraid. I'm being pessimistic. I'm always quite pessimistic. So, <laughs> um, Eric, uh, do you have a score prediction for the game on uh, Saturday? Yeah, I'm going to say 3 nil, just because I think that we could do better than Blackstap did against... Because I think they they, they <laughs> I think they beat 1925 2-0, didn't they? They did. They did. Yeah. Um, it was it was 10 men behind the ball for most of the game, and then they got one and then they got another. So That's yeah, what just- I thought. Yeah, just don't. If you're Dinamo, just do not give away a bloody penalty because Yuri Batushin is actually, actually, in fairness, Batushin is pretty deadly from the spot. Um, Batushin He's, and Holodjuk are both quite good going forward as midfielders go. Yeah. I've, I've, I've maybe overplayed the lack of forwards because there's two midfielders who can get goals. But as for your prediction, if you have those midfielders who can break a play, I don't think they're going to get much joy against Dinamo, really. And I don't think this is a bad side by any means. I mean, there are some like there are some UPL players in here like I completely forgot Yevhen Tkachuk is in this team at center back um Remenyuk I think was at Karpate a couple of years back if I'm not mistaken yeah I think you're right I'm not 100% sure that sounds right that's uh, let me, let's click his profile I have it right here thank you to transfer yeah he was at Karpate yeah he made eight UPL appearances and he's still a young player so there's definitely no, this... there's definitely some decent players in this side there's some players, but they're lacking that sort of UPL experience. And honestly, I think they've got enough to stay up, but they're not going to beat the likes of Shakhtar and Dinamo this season. And, yeah. so, and they're not going to try. They're going to try and play for nil-nil. And that's yeah. not going to work. So it, it, It's understandable, though, you know, in the circumstances with, you know, the squad and finances and all of that stuff. But, you know... One last quick question, actually. I've just thought about what happened to Yaroslav Yampol? Because I remember he was a very nice, good attacking midfielder, but... Injured. He's been very badly injured for a very long time. He um, broke his leg oh. sort of just at the start of... The, I can't remember if it was the end of the season or the start of the second part of the season when they're getting promotion, but he's been out for a very long time. Him, Derek and Ponomar are all long-term injured and it, yeah. it you still see now he still seems to be on crutches from what I've seen of him on social media as well yes. so I think he's had quite a few operations on his legs so whether yeah. he'll be back and if he is back if he'll be the same player as a big problem because he was a great leader for the club as well yeah no he was definitely a good little player when um when I was seeing him he was very nice and tidy good in the attack um Definitely will be an interesting one on Saturday. I actually saw on uh, Meta Least 1925's Instagram that over 10,000 tickets have already been sold. So, you know, that could easily go up uh, before the game. So it'll be a nice atmosphere at a ver- one of my yeah. best crowds in Ukraine. And it is good that they've got the top billing, uh, mainly because it's Dynamo, because even though they're in the Premier League, they seem to get the crappier of the kickoff teams to <laughs> kickoff yeah. times. You know, they always seem to get the Friday early evening one, whereas... Uh, Metalist Yaroslavsky FC seem to get the prime Sunday lunchtime or Saturday game when more people are able to attend. So it's nice yeah. to have the key kickoff time, obviously because it's Dynamo. But and of course, you know, having Dynamo in, come to Kharkiv again will be a massive pull for the locals because there's no love lost between the two clubs, is there? So no, historically, so yeah, <laughs> and we're all getting on very well. <laughs> <laughs> um, so on that note, uh, that brings us to the end of our show, Neil. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, if someone would want to get into contact with you, find out some more about Kharkiv football, how could they do that? 
Um, probably on Twitter, and it's at nfholloway underscore neil, which isn't a great um, name, but if they follow you, then I'm sure I'll, I'll pop I'll pop up on the feed at some point and in comments oh, and stuff. Absolutely, no, definitely. And um, if you want to follow Eric, uh, he's at Yaroslavsky Lover 1925. <laughs> so that's uh, uh, you know, that's enough. <laughs> No, seriously, Eric, if someone wants to get into contact with you, how can they do that? Just gagged. Um, <laughs> at Libovich, L-E-B-O-V-I-C-H. All right. And if you want to get into contact with me, your host, you can find me on Twitter at Mystic7. That's L-O-I-S-Z-Y-K, then the number seven. And if you want to follow the show, you can find us on Twitter at Denamo Abroad, or you can also send us an email to denamoabroadpodcast at gmail.com. Well, from everyone here at Denamo Abroad, Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Do not want, do not-